passage that we will listen to this morning is what they call the high priestly prayer of Jesus, the one that he offers up as his role as mediator between God and humanity. Listen for the word of God as it comes to us from the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verses 6 through 19. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me I have given to them, and they have received them and know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one, While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them was lost except the one destined to be lost, so that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves." having given them your word, and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, so that they may also be sanctified in truth. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Very early on in my business career, I was called down to the Human Resource Department. Uh, That wasn't bad news. It was just, well, concerning news. I received a call, not just from the HR department, but from the HR generalist, the head of HR for the finance division. He literally could make or break your career. So when he called, you came. Jim had some questions about my boss and his counterpart, who were up for staff positions reporting to the executive vice president. I would be asked to vouch for them, give him the lowdown on what they were really like. After I offered up all the pros and cons of each, he asked me which one I thought should become the general manager of accounts receivable and credit operations? The answer? Me, of course. (laughs) That was me. 
In today's text, Jesus was vouching for the disciples. They were getting ready to step onto the path of ministry with the Spirit in them, but Jesus was not on that path physically with them. Of course, John makes the association of Jesus with God even closer than ever before. He doesn't hint at it. Jesus is not just the Word spoken, but the Word made flesh, and Jesus reveals God most fully to humankind. Jesus declares so that everyone, everyone, including God, hears, I have made your name known, which is to say that Jesus has displayed the very character of God. And Jesus exclaims, I have vouched for you as well as you to them. So when someone encounters Jesus, they need not look anywhere else to learn of God. Again and again we hear Jesus tell his disciples they don't belong into the world. They say the world's claims do not shape their essential identity their faith, their values. But at the same time, Jesus is crystal clear. There is no, no escape from the reality of the world. Jesus tells us in words oh so very crystal clear, I speak these things in the world so that the disciples, you and I, may have my joy complete in ourselves. Jesus is now telling the disciples and us, that we can be a community and find joy in that community, but that the community is not to abandon the world. They must live in the world, but not be of the world. Jesus tells them and tells us, we cannot give in to the world's demands or its shortcomings. That is what is at stake for followers of Christ. That is why Jesus prays so passionately that we will stay the course, protect them, sanctify them, and send them, God. Grace and mercy are hard cells in a world that glorifies greed and celebrates retribution. Jesus is offering up a new normal for the disciples and for us. We must testify to the truth, no matter what the cost. Knowing that Jesus prays for us and God protects us, that protection enables us to offer a faithful and unwavering testimony. Sometimes it may even be in the face of the world's skepticism. It may be in the face of rejection, persecution, and even ridicule. It's in the ministry we perform and the testimony that we offer that we will find unsurpassed joy that joy of dancing, that joy that we feel. The reality is that joy does not necessarily come with affirmation or accolades of the culture. Instead, it comes to us through a commitment to Jesus' truth, no matter how often experienced. So I wonder, why else do we keep chasing after things that really don't satisfy us? Why do so many people chase after drugs, or alcohol, or sex, or other addictions? Why do they try to find love in all the wrong places? Oh, there might be a brief moment of joy, but it won't last. 
Why do believers surrender to the world rather than live in the world received from the Lord? Well, if living in the way, the truth, and the life were easy, Jesus would not have had to pray so intensely for us. We all too often forget that the door is narrow, and while Jesus' burden is light and his yoke is easy, well, bearing his cross means losing our lives. Losing our lives, losing our lives to a loving and caring God. As Jesus prepares to depart from the world, and he prays to God to keep and protect his disciples, Jesus affirms that he has already protected the disciples and us. He says, I protected them in your name. And he has acted in character as one with the Father. Jesus is in his role as the great protector. He will promise to send the advocate, the Ruach, the Holy Spirit, to come and add another layer of protection. We'll not need, we will need that protection. We will need that protection when he leaves. He loves us that much. Remember last week he said he was willing to lay down his life for us, his friends? That was the love he asked us to have. To love as Jesus loves is hard and is not generally very popular. That love most definitely does not fit with some of the ethics of today's culture. We're called to love the atheist and the Muslim, the sinner and the saint, the old and the young, the gay and the straight. We have to love regardless of gender, lifestyle, race, faith. We have to love not only the kids here in Lake City, but the orphans in Syria. We have to love the disenfranchised in India, in Africa, in North Korea, in Mexico. If we're to be in the body of Christ, we must love the lovable, and more importantly, the ones we see as unlovable. We must love, and it's not going to be easy. In fact, my friends, it's going to be incredibly difficult to live a sanctified life. And what does that sanctified life look like? If we're not caring for the poor in Calcutta, or that Muslim child in Syria, or feeding the hungry in Lake City, maybe we're not testifying to the truth. Living the disciples' new normal is our daily life. Well, it runs the risk of rejection and persecution. It might even mean that we are being ridiculed. It means that if we're just playing it safe and secure and not reaching out or feeding or feeling uncomfortable, perhaps we're falling short. If we truly believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, we must be ready. Ready to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, no matter what the cost might be or the reception that we might get. That is why Jesus prays passionately that we will stay the course, protect them, God, sanctify them, and send them out. He is vouching for us. He is vouching for us. He's saying that we are worthy and capable to carry on his ministry. Testifying to the truth means speaking out and going out into the world, aware of our neighbors, 
engaging in what impacts our communities, standing beside them and answering Jesus' call. I urge all of those young people that were standing up here today that have grown up in this church, I urge you all to heed those words that you hear. Reflect Jesus' face in all that you say, in all that you do, in all that you are. For you are the face of Jesus Christ. Yes, though you might look like a linebacker. <laughs> I envision Jesus looking like that. Reflect his face in all that you say and do and all. Reflect Jesus' face. That smile will turn a million ships around. I know it. I know it. Where's the other one? They are right here. Young man, the face of Christ is on you right now. The Holy Spirit is in your heart. Reflect that face. Do what Jesus has called you to do. You know it. You feel it. Today is the day you can start to do that. We're looking up to you. We're looking for you to lead us. Wayne, you didn't think I'd forget, did you? <laughs> City in the back. The Lord has blessed you. His face has shined upon you. Now go. Spread the good news of the gospel. You can do that. Even where you are. A smile will do it. Your words will do it. Your actions will show the world that you are Christian, that you love humanity, you love your God. It is today. Graduates, we thank you for sticking with us, for your smiles, for your work. Now life really begins. Amen.